Welcome everyone back to the sports podcast. I'm your host for today, Justin Roman. And guys, today, um, since yesterday, I was talking about the five breakout offensive players for the Giants for uh, 2021. Now I'm going to be talking about uh, the, uh, the five defensive player uh, candidates that will break out in 2021 for the Giants. So guys, um, look... Like many of the more exciting and dominant teams of their past, the Giants in 2020 had a dominant defense. You know, the defense led by the brilliant Patrick Graham and put together through a great offseason by Dave Gutterman drastically improved itself from the year before. And in their first season together, the defense laid a foundation on which future success will now be built. Though there is still plenty of room for improvement, this team is moving in the right direction. The Giants defense went from 25th overall in 2019 to 12th overall in 2020. The defense as a unit proved it proved it could create opportunities to win the game while individual defenders showcased talents that resulted in new contracts, weekly awards, as well as trips to the Pro Bowl. New additions to the team like Blake Martinez, Logan Ryan, and James Bradbury became dominant players, and their veteran experience will continue to play an important role in the development of younger playmakers. Previous question marks like Jabril Peppers and Leonard Williams also broke out. The former is finally winning over doubters of the Odell Beckham Jr. trade, while the latter is gaining support from fans and analysts to be signed long-term. And while signing key players like Williams and fellow defense alignment Dalvin Tomlinson should be priorities, the realistic expectation tells us that not everyone who wore Big Blue in 2019 will be back in 2020. But that will, that will only allow the younger players on this impressive defense to show how much they learned in 2019 and how much they improved this offseason. So anyways, guys, I'm just going to give you guys, I'm just going to flat out name you guys the top five uh, players that will break out for 2021 for the Giants defense. Number five, um... Obviously, number five, I think, I think I'm going to, for, oh, number five, number one, I'm going to go for defensive tackle Dexter Lawrence, and here's why. In just his second season on the Giants defensive line, Dexter Lawrence is beginning to show he could be a dominant force. Lawrence was second on the defense defensive line in tackles and sacks behind only Leonard Williams, his 53 tackles. Four less than Williams was eighth overall in the Giants, and his four sacks were tied for second. Lawrence was a disruptive uh, was a disruptive playmaker, often getting into the backfield and blowing up plays before they begin. He had seven tackles for loss, 16 quarterback pressures, 16 quarterback hurries, and six quarterback knockdowns. He only missed two tackles all season. The most, pro- the most promising aspect of Dexter Lawrence's progression. 
is that he improved in every category while seeing out 100 fewer snaps. Lawrence only had 38 tackles, missing five of them. In 2019, he added two and a half sacks on 15 pressures that season and also finished with five quarterback hurries and five quarterback knockdowns. He saw plenty of time as a rookie. He played all 16 games and he was on the field for 702 defensive snaps or 63%. In 2020, he also played in all 16 games, but was on the field for 603 defensive snaps or 60%. While it would be most ideal to keep the line the way it is, it's highly, unli- it's highly unlikely that the Giants can retain both uh, Leonard Williams and Dobbin Tomlinson. The best use, the best case scenario, would be to keep Williams and Lawrence together. Lawrence led Tomlinson in all categories outside, uh, outside tackles for loss. You know, Lawrence had seven against Tomlinson's nine and a half and pass deflections, two against four. But here, too, Lawrence improved from his rookie season. Lawrence only had four and a half tackles for loss in 2019 and one pass deflection. Lawrence is, when I, when I, when I look at comparison, <coughs> comparison with Lawrence and Tomlinson, Lawrence is a bigger body lineman, you know, but is far more agile as a pass rusher. He has a bright future in the NFL, and his star will only rise in 2021. Number four, uh, number two, I meant number two. Um, I think, obviously, this man, he went out with an injury. I think O'Shane Ximena is, I think, next year. I think 2021 is the year that he will be a breakout star. And here's why. Second year edge rusher. Um, look at this is um, this. Obviously, he's going into his second year. Um, I think O'Shane Ximena could have fit either in the defensive line or in the linebacker corps. And that's one main reason he is he is in for a big year, you know, in 2021. Examiners, unfortunately, like I said, he got injured, you know, but in his he missed the last three to uh, three to four, uh, three or four of the season games. But in his small sample size, he looked he, to me, he looked ready to pick up where his rookie season left off. He started three out of four games he played this year, but only played the majority of the defensive snaps in week three. His final stats in the small sample show Examinus was on his way to have at least, let's say, as a productive season as his rookie campaign. Across four games, he had five tackles, one of which was a tackle for loss, and did not miss a single tackle. For reference, he played all 16 games in 2019, and recorded two, uh, not 215, two, uh, 25 tackles. You know, 25 tackles, nine quarterback hits, and four and a half sacks. Of the 110 plays he was on the field in 2020, Eximenes was sent on 11 blitzes. He pressured the quarterback five times, knocked him down three times, and hurried him twice. The knockdowns and hurries matched his rookie totals on far fewer blitzes, which is great. But he did not record a single sack which is not, but he got close. And as a pass rushing specialist, 
he made his presence in the backfield known. Exhibitance to me would fit best in special situations such as a design blitz, but he's talented enough to be on the field to play uh, complimentary to uh, Martinez, covering the flats and establishing a presence on the outside. And at six foot four, 252 pounds, Patrick Graham can even throw him on the defensive line. Eximenez is a hybrid weapon who should work. Uh, who should work like a kind of a pass rushing Swiss arm knife, Swiss Army knife. If he can stay healthy, though, he should thrive in Patrick Graham's defense. And guys, number three, this man, he was except he was exceptional, talented. I think Mr. Irrelevant, rookie out of Georgia, Tay Crowder is going to be a breakout star. There's no question. Crowder finished fifth on the Giants' defense in tackles with 57. Impressive enough. But what really stands out is the time it took him to rack up as many tackles as he did. He was the only player in the Giants' top five defenders who played in fewer than 15 games. In fact, he was the only player in the Giants' top 10 defenders who played in fewer than 15 games. In his first two games, which was week two and week three, against the Bears, then the 49ers, he primarily played special teams. He only recorded one tackle between both games. In week two against the Bears, when he didn't get a single snap on defense, he played two snaps on defense in week three against the Niners, but did not record a single uh, single tackle. In eight of his nine uh, subsequent games, he missed week seven to week 11. He was on the field playing the majority of defensive snaps. He started in six games. The Giants would be wise to keep starting Tate Crowder in addition to his 57 tackles. He pressured the quarterback four times on 21 blitzes and added a sack, a hurry, and a knockdown. Crowder does have room to improve in his pass coverage, quarterback, uh, uh, pass coverage. Quarterbacks averaged only a rating of 96 when he was covering the, uh, the targeted receiver. That happened 24 times and receivers had 18 catches for 181 yards on him. But the good sign here is that there is... Uh, the good sign here about Tate Crowder is there is that he did not allow a single touchdown while in pass coverage. So he's a really good red zone defender. The Giants defense has been the Giants defense has been in a linebacker drought since Antonio Pierce was on the field. Blake Martinez, who finished third in the NFL in tackles with 151, will be the anchor the leader and the voice of the defense going forward. But Tay Crowder proved that he can hang and if his rookie season is any indication, he's in for a big year in 2021. And guys, um, number four, this man saved our season. Ashley uh, got, Ashley saved our playoff. Ashley, sa- Ashley saved us from getting eliminated in the playoffs. No, it's not Darnie Holmes. No, it's not. Um, no, it's not. Um, no, it's not Isaac Yadam. It's Xavier McKinney. Yes, I, I think Xavier McKinney is going to be a breakout star. And here's why. 
The Giants knew coming into the 2020 season that they needed help. In the secondary, especially. So they drafted Xavier McKinney from Alabama in the second round of the 2020 draft. Unfortunately, McKinney missed the majority of the season, you know, but he hit the field in week 12. And since then, McKinney's shown promise shown promise to become everything Dave Gettleman hoped he could be when drafting him. After getting his feet wet on special teams in week 12 and week 13, McKinney started the last four games. And both his production and his percentage of game plan increased with each game. He recorded uh, four tackles in week 14 and again in week 15, then recorded eight tackles in week 16 and eight more in week 17. But his game ceiling interception, like I said, against the Cowboys, that if he wouldn't, if he, if someone would have caught that touchdown, we would have been eliminated. But they didn't. McKinney got jumped in the air and saved the day. But like I was saying, his game ceiling interception late in the fourth quarter will be the reason Giants fans should get excited to see more. McKinney proved. He has a good nose for the ball, something vital for his safety to thrive. It's easy to forget that he should have had two interceptions in Week 17. Just four minutes into the game, McKinney intercepted a short pass by Andy Dalton, but it was called back due to defensive holding. Further, he also recorded his first pass deflection in that game against the Giants and division, and division rivals. He finished the year with 25 tackles, one tackle for loss, an interception, and a pass deflection. He's also done well in pass coverage on 13 targets. He's only allowed 12 completions, but only for 96 yards. He hasn't let up a touchdown, though, and quarterbacks only average a rating of 65.4 when looking his way, which is pretty good. Xavier McKinney was expected to come into 2020 as an NFL-ready starter. It took a little while to heal up, but once he started playing, fans saw those expectations become actually a reality. McKinney, to me, only got better the more he played in his rookie season. Expect for him to continue that trend in 2021. And guys, number five. Another defensive player, and this man was also named. Um, this man was also named the only cornerback to lead all rookies in incompletions. It's rookie from USC, Darnay Holmes, and here's why. Here's why I think he's gonna be a breakout star. You have to understand, the cornerback position was one of the weakest was one of the weakest positions in the Giants' defense, but Darnay Holmes, who who the team who was picked in for in, who was picked in the fourth round in the uh, 2020 draft? This kid showed he could help uh, fortify that hole. You know, Holmes played in 12 games, starting in five. The most impressive aspect from his rookie campaign is that Holmes led rookie defensive uh, uh, defensive cornerbacks in targets without allowing a single touchdown. Darnay Holmes was targeted 44 times and allowed 33 completions for uh, 339 yards. He had five pass deflections and one interception. Opposing quarterbacks averaged a rating of 87.2 when targeting the rookie. 
He found other ways to make himself useful on Patrick Graham's defense. Holmes was sent on 23 blitzes, recording half a sack, a hurry, and a quarterback knockdown on three pressures. He finished with 30 tackles, but has some room to improve in this uh, in this arena. I mean, arena in this area. He missed seven tackles. With a healthy Xavier McKinney starting along the emerging Jabril Peppers, the corner the cornerback position will no doubt improve. Logan Ryan can can now play his natural corner position opposite from Pro Bowler James Bradbury. But teams know if they are going to beat the Giants defense, they'll need to do so through the air. And Darney Holmes showed enough potential for fans to feel confident. He's unlikely to he's unlikely to take a starting position away from Ryan or Bradbury, but pending what scheme the defense is in, or if someone misses time or needs a rest. Darnay Holmes would make for a promising option. If you if you happen if you happen to see Darnay Holmes on the field, expect to see him making plays. So, yeah guys, those are my uh, five breakout stars. Those are my five breakout stars for 2021 for the Giants next season. For next season. So, yeah. Hey guys, let's 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 check the the Dallas Cowgirls. Guys, there was a report today on ESPN. By Todd Archer. That the Dallas Cowboys. He was saying this about the Dallas Cowboys. Even with additional cap room. The Dallas Cowboys face a space crunch. (laughs) Okay, my thoughts on what he just said. What he just said right there. I'm look. You have to understand. When it comes to you have to understand when it comes to the 2021 NFL uh, NFL uh, salary cap, every little bit helps the Dallas Cowboys. You know. With the NFL moving the salary cap uh, floor from one hundred from one hundred seventy-five million dollars to one hundred eighty million dollars, that extra space would somehow help the Cowboys. Either they use the franchise tag on Dak Prescott for a second straight year, or sign the quarterback to a multi-year deal. Multi-year deal. Even with the $5 million increase, the Cowboys would not have the room to fit the $37.7 million franchise tag figure, nor the likely first-year cap number on a new contract for Prescott. The Cowboys are projected to have $14.5 million in room, which includes the unused space 
the team carried over from the 2020 cap. In order to create the room necessary to keep Dak Prescott, add free agents and sign draft picks, the Cowboys are going to have to restructure they're going to have to restructure restructure contracts or cut players. The issue with restructuring is it takes away future salary cap space and can make it more difficult to release players in the years to come because the dead money hit is so great. Last year, the Cowboys restructured the deals for offensive tackle Tyron Smith, offensive guard Zach Martin, and defensive end Demarcus Lawrence to create $27 million in salary cap space. That was always intended to carry over to 2021. In a perfect world, the Cowboys would not touch those contracts now. But it's not a perfect world. Tyron Smith's contract is one to avoid. He has not played a full season since 2015, and he played in two games last season before undergoing neck surgery. While while Tyron Smith, who, who is 30 years old, remains one of the best left tackles in the NFL when healthy. The when healthy part is a major issue. There is guesswork involved with Martin and Lawrence because of their health. Two, Martin is 30 years old, missed six games last season because of a concussion and a calf strain. Demarcus Lawrence is 28 years old, has dealt with knee issues recently. Now ask yourself this. Do the Cowboys take a risk and rework their deals? Which could create about $17 million in space? Ask yourself that. Which could create about $17 million in space? The most obvious candidate for a contract restructure is wide receiver Amari Cooper. The Cowboys can turn about $19 million of his $20 million a base salary into a signing bonus and create, let's say, $14 million or so in room. But the that but what's the downside? The plus of the Amari Cooper deal at the time of signing was the Cowboys could get out of it after the second year with a $6 million cap hit in 2022. If they restructured Cooper in 2021, they could show up almost all of the savings they would have gained should they walk away. Again, not a perfect world. Offensive tackle Leo Collins is another candidate. The Cowboys could gain a little more than, let's say, $6 million in room by reworking his contract, even though Collins did not play last season because of hip uh, surgery. He's going to turn 28 years old in July, so he should be entering the prime of his career. Last week, his agent, who is Derek Gilmore, tweeted that his client is not retiring Cutting down, uh, cutting down a rumor Collins might have been considering walking away. Again, not a perfect world. What about what about Zeke? His nine point six million dollars, uh, his nine point six million dollar two thousand twenty one base salary is already fully guaranteed. His twelve million dollar base salary in two thousand twenty two becomes fully guaranteed in March. So, look, in all likelihood, he is tied to the Cowboys 
for the next two seasons. By restructuring uh, Zeke's contract, the Cowboys could gain about $6 million in space, but would add signing bonus preparation to future years that could make it harder to cut. There are some other options, such as releasing uh, linebacker Jalen Smith, but only as a post-June 1st uh, signing, which would open up $7.5 million in space this year and cost Dallas six and a half eight million six and a half million dollars in 2022, releasing punter Chris Jones and net them two million dollars. And it's important to note that Hunter Niswander, who took over after Jones had core muscle surgery last season, performed well. Most of the remaining moves would be like finding coins under under a couch cushion. All I'm saying is this. None of the options are perfect decisions for the Cowboys. But the extra $5 million for the cap helps at least a little. Of course, another $5 million to $10 million toward the cap floor wouldn't hurt Dallas either. So, not only that the Cowboys have a... Not only that the Cowboys have a problem with their defense, not only that... They have a big problem with their quarterback situation, but now they have a problem with cap space money. I'm just enjoying every single second of it. I just... The Dallas Cowboys, they just... It's funny to me, too. And I enjoy it because... I'm a Giants fan, you know. You guys should know that. So, it looks like the Dallas Cowboys, looks like they're in a big hole. A hole that they can't get out of. So, let's see what happens with them. Okay, guys, let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Guys, um, Guys, a lot of things are not looking too good for the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles just recently released Deshaun Jackson. It was a report yesterday. Um, but guys, um, I want to talk. There's a report today on the New York Post that by one of the greats, uh, Ryan Dunleavy, report today um, that the Eagles are not happy with the Carson Wentz trade. Oh, look at here's my thoughts on this. You know, and Carson Wentz uh, reintroduced the Eagles to the concept of supply and demand. They had a disgruntled quarterback with a big contract coming off a season in which his pass rating commented at a rate unprecedented. You know, by a player in his prime since 1950. And despite trying to drum up a competitive market, reportedly only one team made an offer. So on Thursday, Wentz was traded to the Colts for a third round pick in 2021 and a traditional second round pick in 2022. It could become a first rounder based on Wentz's playing time as the Bears, Broncos, and Panthers sat idly by. Not exactly the return anyone would have expected Wentz to command if he was traded after his MVP caliber season in 2017. Now, if you're going to ask me a question, 
Justin, how did the Eagles feel about the trade package received for their former franchise quarterback? Tim McManus said Friday during uh, a get up, during get up, when he was when he was on um, when he was on when Tim when he was on two forty seven Sports, he said he wasn't thrilled, not thrilled, you know. And look, I'm I'm gonna agree with Tim. You know, they this team rec- this the Eagles recognized the return they got. Versus what they invested in Wentz does not it doesn't match up. You know, the reality is they were selling at a low point. Carson Wentz was coming off probably one of the worst years of his career. One of the probably one of the worst years of any quarterback in the NFL last year. Wentz's 72.8 passer rating in 2020 was only ahead of Jets quarterback Sam Darnold's. 72.7. Wentz is due to make $47 million over the next two seasons, and he's got some questions about uh, head coachability that needs to answer. That was known throughout the league. The market was pretty warm. But to move up from number 13 to number 2 and select Wentz in the 2016 NFL Draft, the Eagles made two separate trades that cost two veteran players in Byron Maxwell and Kiko Alonso, and four additional draft picks, including a, including a future first-rounder. They signed him to a four-year $128 million extension. There was one team really hot after, after him because of Frank Reich's, uh, Frank Reich's connection to Wentz, and that was the Colts. So... Personally, for me, I don't think the Eagles wake up happy to this, but they recognize it was fair market value, all things considered. So, guys, right now, it seems like the Eagles, they didn't really want, they didn't really want to trade Carson Wentz, you know, because, you know, because Nick Sirianni, uh, he obviously thought who Nick Sirianni, who is now the new head coach for the Philadelphia Eagles, Nick Sirianni clearly saw that he could uh, turn Carson Wentz into a into an all-pro caliber quarterback, just like how when he was with Andrew Luck, when Andrew Luck was in the NFL playing for the Colts. Andrew Luck was pretty good. He was rusty at first, you know? Everything uh, Carson Wentz is going through, Andrew Luck went through the same thing. And Andrew Luck, he turned into a good football player. Nick Sirianni fixed him. So, but Nick Sirianni, he was trying to talk to Carson Wentz. But Carson Wentz wants to move on. So far, this division is looking like it belongs to either the Giants or Washington. This is, there's no question to that. You know, so right now, the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles, both of the both of those teams are in a deep, dark hole where they're trying to find a way to get out that hole and escape. But they're stuck and they're stuck in their deep. And for some reason, they can't get out for the Giants in Washington. They they escaped that hole. 
They escape that hole and they're on top of the world having fun. While the, while the Philadelphia Eagles and Dallas Cowboys are trying to find their way out. Can they get, can, can these two franchises find their way out of the bottom and get to the top? We don't know. Right now, the Giants and Washington football team are the top teams in this crappy division so far. So, guys, that's all I have to say about that. Um, I hope you guys like this podcast. I will be doing another one tomorrow. Uh, guys, tomorrow's the last day of this of this long weekend, two-day weekend. After that, back to school for us kids. Yeah. Well, guys, hope you guys like the podcast. I will see you guys tomorrow.